Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's really nice that Mank got like a nickname out of his, out of his surname, isn't it? It is. Because that wouldn't happen to me after all these years. Gil. No one calls me Gilly. <laughs> I don't think it suits you. No, it doesn't. I don't, should, we call, there's only, should we call you chap? I'm fine. Thanks, <laughs> though, everyone. Gilligan chap coming to you from I Like You and Rivies. <laughs> Hello and welcome to I Only Like You and Rivies. My name is not Gilly, it's Lonnie. I'm here with Sine, not chap. Hi. Uh, how are you doing today, Sine? I'm fine, thanks. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a bit silly already, haven't we? We've lost so, the plot. Um, I'm still thinking about Gillian Chaff in my head. So anyway, this week we've seen Mank. Mank. You, you can't just say Mank, can you? You've got to say Mank. Do you have to say Mank? Mank. Could, could we just say Mank? Mank. <laughs> God. Okay, anyway. Hello, Nunes Liz. How are you doing? Um, this is a film. It's on Netflix, so no excuse not to watch it. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, what? Let's not shame people for their watching no. proclivities. No, well, what I'm getting at, it's, it's streamed out there, so it is one you can get around to seeing if you have Netflix. That's what I mean. Unlike some films, which are quite obscure, like The Mole Agent, which I can't see for some reason. <laughs> All I want to see is The Mole Agent. Why are you I didn't suddenly know it obsessed with this, this <laughs> movie? <laughs> Looks good. Love moles. Here's the problem with Mank. It's 2 hours 11 minutes. That feels like four hours, 25 minutes. Did it really? It's a long one. <laughs> did you feel every minute of it? I felt every minute of that. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. What's the basic synopsis, right? Well, there's this guy called Mank who was a writer in, is it 30s? 30s, 40s Hollywood, 30s, 40s yeah. 40s Hollywood. Uh, most well known for writing the screenplay for Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. With Orson Welles. Mm. Got Gary Oldman. Or did he? Mm. Well, did he? Mm. Yeah. Um, no, he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's Gary Oldman's is, is Mank. Directed by David and Fincher, which is always Fincher a win. Yeah. And it was actually written by his late father. Do you know that? I just saw that then. Mm. Interesting. And apparently Fincher was trying to get it up as one of his movies, I think, after Seven or maybe after Before Fight Club, that sort of late 90s era. And he they couldn't get the funding to make it black and white, which is one of his mm. considerations. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so he kicked around and then eventually it made its way via Netflix, which he obviously has a bit of a connection to. Um, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. It was a bit long for me. And I think maybe I'm glad you said it was long as well because I, when I watched it, I was thinking after I think a long week at work and I was very tired and I was a little bit. I know I had my best attention to it, but I still liked it. So I'm not saying mm. you know I didn't watch it or I fell asleep or anything. But I just like um, maybe if I was in a 
clearer headspace. I'm getting more out of this. Having said that, I still liked it. So yeah, I I'm a sucker for anything that's like golden age of Hollywood sort of mm-hmm. <laughs> on the studio mm-hmm. lot stuff. I just I love things like that. So um, I was set to like it. I love Gary Oldman and he's incredible in this role. Yeah, and I think I said this on our um, Oscars special, but. After a while, like, you don't realise it's him, do you? No. He does disappear into the role, which he always does. Like, oh, yeah. shouldn't be surprised it's Gary Oldman. <laughs> but really, yeah, he does feel like you're just watching, you're watching Mank. Yeah, not Gary. Essentially, I think a lot of the length came from the fact that we were really watching two timelines. Yeah, I, I took me a little while to get my head around all that. Yeah. And... Having read a bit more about it and some of the real-life things that occurred, I think, like, yeah, if I was a bit more au fait with all the machinations of 1930s politics in California mm. and knowing a bit more about Mank, the guy, I maybe would have got more out of all those scenes. Like, it kind of reading about it filled in the gaps that I had watching. I was like, I don't really understand what's going yeah, on. Yeah, the, poli- oh, the politics yeah. stuff lost me. I wasn't really there for it or interested in it and I was sort of like okay I'm sure there's important things going on there but I'm not like super interested in that (laughs) and you mentioned it's about the writing of Citizen Kane Mm. and like I don't know the last time you watched that but it's been a few years for me and I I really like Citizen Kane it's one of the best obviously but I think like if I'd just seen that I think I would have got more out of it because obviously some of these scenes in this are directly mirroring Citizen Kane and obviously it's about how Citizen Kane was inspired by some of the events and people mm. that Mank knew in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but I feel like, yeah, if you're up to date with your Citizen Kane history, 1930s politics, and a bit more about the studio system and of the 1930s in Hollywood, yeah, you'll be all across this because you'd be, yeah, I think that that would fill in those gaps that I had released when I was watching it. Yeah, and the two timelines are quite interesting because there's him whilst writing the movie and he's sort of being being sobered up out in the desert. Yeah. But also going back through his, his background as well. Writing retreat, essentially. <laughs> like they give him everything he needs to complete this and, you know. Exactly, yeah. Of course he's going to write an Oscar-winning script when he's having his meals made for him and he's surrounded by people who are yeah, doing everything he says. Yeah. We'd all like that, wouldn't we? It'd be great. Especially if your nurse is... Lily Collins. Okay, so I have a bit to talk about with this. Okay. Don't do what I think you're going to do. What am I going to do, Sydney? Sing her praises about being Emily in Paris. No, I would never do such a thing. How dare you? You would and you have and you will. (laughs) This film made me like her again. Ah, After watching Emily in Paris, I found her very infuriating and annoying. In this film, I'm like, oh, she's actually a really good actor. (laughs) And I think I know why. Mm. The eyebrows, they're toned (laughs) down in this. They're not made to look really bushy and big because that wasn't the style back then. Mm. They're just chilling a little, you know? (laughs) And so they're not so, like, harsh and in your face and you're like, oh, there's Lily Collins on screen. Oh, my God, she's yelling about something to do with, I don't know, lingerie. I don't know what that show was about, to be honest. She's actually, like, incredible in this. She has such screen presence. Her chemistry with Gary Oldman is, like, wonderful. I really, really liked her in this. And 
it's basically saved her for me. Okay, so you'll you'll watch season two with me of Emily in Paris. That's good. <sighs> um, and in Erica, obviously. No, I, I I agree with you there. I would say though, Emily in Paris, she's the best part. But I know her character is quite annoying. Yeah, but that's so not really saying you... much because. <laughs> no, what my point is in Emily in Paris. She's, we talk about this every episode. <laughs> she it's because is... you're obsessed with it. It's your fault. You keep bringing it up. <laughs> she's in the movie, so of course you bring it up. No, that it's her charisma that keeps that show alive for me. Mm. And in this one, she's of a much smaller, well, not smaller role, but in the sense of. She's not playing it as big as she is in a, in a Netflix comedy, obviously. And I think she's better in smaller, quieter roles, mm, to be honest. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but her character arc and, and where it ends up, that was very satisfying to me. Yeah, it was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Another great performance, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, we mentioned this on our Oscars special, but she's a revelation on this for me. Again, not that she's ever been bad or I've ever been like, oh, Amanda Seyfried in this. No, but in this I'm like, oh, Amanda Seyfried. You know what I mean? She's so beautiful, like old Hollywood glamour, such screen presence. Like, and you totally buy it. Like he's he's having these like platonic affairs, I think is how his wife describes mm. them, where he's, mm-hmm. you know, connecting on an emotional level with these other women. Um, it's just, yeah, Acting in this is like top notch. Couldn't fault a single person. Yeah, and is that because they have to do a thousand takes for David Fincher and he probably he's like a past master? <laughs> yeah, but he does. I'm not for that at all. I think you know you should have nice sets so people get on and have a nice time at work. But he does get good performances out of people, doesn't he? He does. So. I think because he just pushes them to breaking point, and then yeah. the shot after they've broken down is the best one. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Amanda Seyfried, I, this will come out after the Oscars, I think, but mm. she was our pick for Best Supporting Actress, wasn't she? So, she was. I liked... in, in a role that was just like so, I don't know, that, that role could have been so bad. It could have been, you know, the, the put-upon girlfriend of the, of the big rich guy. Yeah. Could be really annoying. But she was like... She found, tr- like, truth in her performance. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, I think that's what, yeah. Yeah, sure. like the scene where she has the picnic and says that, you mm. know... He says, you'll forgive me if this doesn't, if this gets made and you'll forgive me if it doesn't. It was so yeah. like, I don't know, I just really liked that scene. It was really sweet and I totally could see where she was coming from, you know. Yeah, and I just think I like people who, she revealed hidden depths of that character, which I yeah. don't know if every actress would have been able to, Maybe they would have, but she did it well. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I really enjoyed the homages to Citizen Kane, you know, the bottle that mm-hmm. fell and the big zoom and, like, yeah, the way it was shot was very emblematic of it. Totally. It, it's it's kind of as if that movie was made in the 1930s. Which I love. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a, like, I don't know. I'm easy to win over, I guess, with these sorts <laughs> of things because. Yeah. And, like, there were bits of that, of the uh, bits you mentioned there, that you clearly remember from Citizen Kane as, like, oh, this is the bit there. Yes. Margin. I think if you just watch Citizen Kane or that's more in your in your memory bank, you'd be getting a lot out of the movie. Because mm. um, it is, it's. It's got a strange place in film history, Citizen Kane, because um, I guess it didn't win many Oscars apart from best best writing, as we've mm. this. But it's had such a huge impact on on film history and Orson Welles. But then he's a bit of a contested figure because yeah, a genius but a real asshole at the same time. But you know, not that you should get away with that. But at what point does your legacy? become bigger than who you were as a person. It's more about what you did, you know. doesn't seem like he was a very nice guy. I found it interesting because I actually hadn't really heard of Mank, as in the person, Herman J. Mm. Mankiewicz. Um, And I felt a bit guilty for not knowing about him. (laughs) I felt like I should have known about one of the biggest controversies in the history of cinema. But um, interesting that they just hated each other, completely hated each other. Yeah, that's right. And I think with Orson as well, he was the man. He was the myth. Like it was all about yeah. him, and in him, the story he created about himself was as much as the part as the movies and films he was in. And he like knew he was the star as well. Like he completely, yeah. Yeah. you know, didn't care for anyone else because he mm-hmm. it all went to his head, and he knew he was the biggest mm-hmm. thing everywhere. But um, who plays him that? in this film? Oh, I can't remember. Sorry, Tom Burke. He does an amazing job. Like, oh yeah, I think he's done the. He's kind of newish. I think he's from England originally. Is that right? I remember. Uh, yep, that's correct. Yep. Mm. Yeah, great performance. And there's been a few Orson Welles over the years and different things. Uh, me and Orson Welles. You remember that film? So I, I, I do. Like that. I do remember yeah, that film. That's a good one. Claire Danes and mm-hmm. Zachary. Um, the other thing about this film is like Citizen Kane was almost blacklisted at the time because of yep. the subject matter and who it was about. Charles Dance. Who did happen? I. Every every second film I see these days, Charles Dance stands up. So no, I, <laughs> I never know. know he's going to be there. All of a sudden, he is. And he's a great actor. I love him. <laughs> I don't get you wrong. I like him. I just like oh, here he is again. <laughs> Watching Godzilla the other day. There he is. All right. <laughs> I don't know if he actually knows he's in films anymore. He just walks around, and suddenly a film crew emerges around him. I see. And he just does what he always does normally. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's great in this film. Like really, yeah. really great. But it is kind of funny that. I don't know anything about um, Mr. Hurst apart from Citizen Kane, really, these days. Like, that's his legacy, mm. um, which is exactly the opposite of what he would want because he was such a, yes, an imposing and, and uh, he had such political will and all that sort of stuff in his life, but now he's known as the guy who inspired Citizen Kane, the movie he hated about his life. Yep. <laughs> like, if there was a movie about, like, Rupert Murdoch of current days and that's what we knew him for. I think it's a great film. It'll be interesting to see. We're recording this before the Oscars. Mm. Um, be interesting to see if it wins any and what it wins. Because it has been nominated for a few. 
it has and you wonder if it's just getting lots of nominations because sometimes it happens films just get nominated a lot because people like it but then it doesn't go across the line to yeah actually win but you'll know that listener by the time this goes out you will it's interesting though it's kind of a question for me of how self-reflective hollywood want to be and whether mm. they like sometimes people are like oh of course la la land one was going to win because it's mm. about hollywood and that kind of stuff you know they just love seeing themselves on screen and once upon a time in Hollywood and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, but they are actual good films as well. You know, like Mank is a yeah. good film, and if it gets if it wins, I don't think we can just reduce that to oh they've, you know, given it to a film about Hollywood. Of course, they have them in their ivory towers. You know, we you know that kind of rhetoric that happens around. I, I totally agree, and I, I do. I think there's part of it's like oh, be nice if Hollywood was to shine a light on something else apart from themselves every now and then. Yeah. Maybe make a movie about, you know, people doing it tough in Heartland America, which like No Man Land did. So like it's not, mm. not like it's the only thing that Hollywood ever does, but there is that feeling about, yeah, we like movies about movies because we make movies, you know. Yeah, I know. But having said that, the ones you mentioned there are good movies as well. So well, exactly. Not exactly. <laughs> and what I think as well, though, I think some people might reduce these films to being just about Hollywood mm. when they're not. Mank's not just about Hollywood. No. It's about a very complicated figure. Mm-hmm who obviously has such talent but can't sort of connect to other people or, yeah, manifest his talent in the right direction. I think that kind of that covers Orson as well as Mank, <laughs> you might say. And also about his relationship in battling alcohol. Like, it's not just about a behind-the-scenes putting on a movie movie, is it? No, I don't think so. It's interesting because we've seen... I don't know if we've seen a lot of biopics lately, but we've certainly spoken about them on the Mm. podcast and that we sometimes both dislike, I guess, if we have to look up (laughs) to see whether things really happened in the end. But this this is different. Like this, I don't feel the need to, I'd I'd read more about Mank because I am interested in the figure and it's given me a good Mm. overview. I don't feel the need to fact check it though because it's sort of, we know that he wrote the screenplay and this is like, one way that they think this could have happened. I don't know the distinction there of why this doesn't annoy me in that way. Maybe it's Mr. Fincher. Maybe it's just his mastery. Maybe it's David. Mm. It was David all along, you know. Maybe it was... Maybe it's the nice supporting performance of Miss Collins. Who knows? She's really good in this. Yeah, she holds her own, doesn't she? She really does. Like... Acting like against we, Gary Oldman, like I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we like her. She built a movie, so I was not surprised that she's going to be good. But yeah, not everyone could do that. Not everyone has. No, like he's so god charismatic on screen. Like I just, mm. I've never seen a bad performance from him. Like he's perfect mm. in everything, and to hold your own against like one of the greats mm. is just really impressive she really impressed me in this film we've spoken a lot about oscars movies recently because that's the time of the year i think this might be one i might go watch again not straight away but i think i would get more out of it watching it again yeah i think i would too mm. okay let's do it together sometime yeah sounds great <laughs> okay Sine, time for your rating and don't just give it five stars because of emily in paris okay oh i'll try my best not to do that um i think i'm gonna give it four stars Okay. I loved it, but it was 
it was very long. And to be honest, I was procrastinating watching it a little because I was sort of like, it's going to be like a bloody three hour black and white. Yeah. But then you watched it and you're like, oh, okay. I actually like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think I'll give it four stars as well and I'll watch it again, but I might, you know, do some background reading and, Mm. and knowing a bit more about it, I might get more out of it. But also just, I think any David Fincher movie, they're always watchable, aren't they? And rewatchable. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for listening. Please tell your friends if you have any. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking people listen to our podcasts, you know, are they the sort of people that have friends? I certainly don't have friends. That's horrible. No. I, You're calling that again. our listeners loners. No, I love our listeners. I love Erica. I love Ashley. I love Ben sometimes he listens. <laughs> That's good. Please tell other friends if you might have. Uh, we have lots of um, back catalogue to get into, so you can go back any film release over the last four or five years. We've probably done a podcast about it. Probably, but not the mm. some, not the bad ones. Sometimes you see a bad movie and we're like, yeah, I don't want Nothing to do a to podcast. Say. Yeah. yeah. Or we've done like a 10-minute one about it. I'm like, yep, yeah, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it existed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, please get, in, please get in touch with us. Please follow us on Twitter, get amongst it, and tell all your friends. That'd be good. Give us a rating review as well. Yeah, that's great. Until next time, goodbye. I love how every week your pause is getting longer. <laughs> I think I've worked out because of, I miss you, man. I say to Dylan, until next time, I miss you, man. But for us, we didn't have a funny <laughs> saying. So you're pausing so that you can say it in your head and then say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> until next time, Gillian Chap. <laughs> Bye. sound like <laughs> too English like alright governor Gilly and Chap here <laughs> like they're like amateur detectives aren't they <laughs> solving sleuths yeah they're solving crimes in a village somewhere <laughs> Gilly and Chap oh dear is like one of them a dog maybe <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, they're both dogs this is okay like- Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.